1: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and member FDIC. Hold on to your butts. We are changing the course of history as we see it. That is what Western demands. Now this affects Iris. Um, Iris, where are you? What you feel only matters to you. I do not entertain hypotheticals. The world as it is is vexing enough. Iris, I have a tip for you. Don't take drugs! Or Whatever Movies with Wesley and Iris.
0: What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm Vicki Vale, here with my older brother.
1: <laughs> Wesley.
0: And today we're talking a movie from 1989. Not The Batman, Batman.
1: In a way, The Batman. Because as far as I'm concerned, this is the definitive Batman.
0: A movie from 30 years ago is the definitive Batman?
1: Of the Batman, yes. How so? This comes. This is the Oreo cream filling nestled between Back to the Future and Terminator 2: Judgment Day as one of my formative movie experiences. This is the one where I went rogue, where I was the knight. Like I had always heard about it, and people talked about ditching school on the last day of school because that's what the cool kids did. So in seventh grade, I ditched the last day of school and walked to AMC Rolling Hills to see Batman by myself.
0: No way.
1: I didn't even know what was happening to me. This opening shot with the, the miniature of the Batman logo, and we're swooping in, and it's all dark and cavernous and scary and freaky. And you talk about first shots or opening shots of the movie, Uh watching this one and seeing Michael Keaton's entrance as Batman was crazy scary and exhilarating.
0: Yeah, you've talked about this in our other review of The Batman from 2022, that Batman's supposed to be cool and scary. I don't understand necessarily the scary part. Why is Batman supposed to be scary?
1: Well, because he's supposed to strike fear into the heart of evildoers of Gotham City.
0: Well, that's certainly what that cold open is all about.
1: Right. This legend precedes him. This idea of the bat and this body found, you know, took a walk off a roof or whatever, and there was no blood in the body. It was all over the pavement. (laughs) The citizens of Gotham tremble because they know that the bat is out there.
0: The bad guys tremble. The bad guys tremble. And And the good ones, the good guys sleep
1: tight. I guess so but it doesn't help. Because the misdirect, the cold open, the idea that we were seeing Bruce and his parents leave the theater who were ultimately about to get murdered, which any Batman fan knows is the origin of the character, wasn't actually them. It was some other kid that he was, but he he wasn't avenging. He didn't do it. He didn't save them or anything. He didn't. uh, They still got robbed and he still got bonked over the head. And then he was like, he just jumped down and scared him and said, tell everyone, tell all your friends about me and then jumped off the roof.
0: So, yeah, he actually didn't help that poor little family. Nope. That was mirroring his own experience.
1: Yeah, that kid maybe will grow up to be the next Batman.
0: Maybe. Maybe it's a... Yeah, this
1: is the... (laughs) The 80s ethos that uh, that trauma, in a way, is a good thing because it shapes you and hardens you into the bat that you'll be in the, in the future.
0: Wow, is that an 80s ethos? I thought that was just our family.
1: It was just... <laughs> it was, I mean, we were a product of our time. It's not like our family was unique. I'm pretty sure it was harder living. I've been in the beds of pickup trucks on the freeway at night. <laughs> That's a
0: really bad idea, by the way. Um, so, yeah, I think a funny little misdirect. I guess in, the, in Batman's... Evolution. Michael Keaton's Batman is just his presence, he's just starting to make his presence known. What confuses me about this version of Batman is how nobody knows about Bruce Wayne. Why do Vale and Knox not know what he looks like? How do they not have files? Like, how is this reclusive millionaire billionaire completely unknown to the reporters, to the press? In this version of Batman.
1: Right. Bob tells Jack Napier, she's dating some guy named Wayne. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I guess the legend of Bruce Wayne. I mean, Gotham is a big soaring metropolis with buildings that go up a mile in the sky. Maybe there's lots of millionaires. Maybe Bruce Wayne. I mean, Batman is a super low key dude and Bruce Wayne, his notoriety and his wealth, you know, he was a reclusive, I don't know, millionaire. I guess maybe. They don't know
0: what he looks like.
1: I, I guess not.
0: So Michael Keaton embodies this version of Batman. Michael Keaton at the top of his game at this time?
1: It's the only Michael Keaton to me. Everyone's like, Michael Keaton as Batman? He's like Mr. Mom and stuff. And I didn't see Beetlejuice until later. So it's, it's hard because it's like Bruce Willis being a, a comedy star, romantic comedy star doing Die Hard or Chris Pratt being on Parks and Rec or whatever and then being Star-Lord. Michael Keaton was only ever Batman to me.
0: Interesting, because now he seems like an obvious choice and a great Batman, you know, with the constituent funky mouth, funny mouth, um, but maybe not an obvious choice at the time. Hey, did you notice in this version that they actually talk about Birdman? that the Joker makes a joke about birds?
1: I've been trying to figure this out for years because the Joker in this movie, I think this is what makes him scary, is that Jack Nicholson's Joker is an utter madman, and he takes absurd joy in everything that he's doing. So this Joker, he was like the Willy Wonka of crime. He would just, like, spout poetry and and obscure things, and he was kind of wacky and colorful and stuff and, like, do little dances.
0: Literally colorful. uh,
1: Right, but of all the things... Like, never rub another man's rhubarb has no precedent whatsoever. It's it originated in Batman, and I can kind of understand what that means. But what does when it he mean? gets on the hell, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it's the idea is don't mess with another guy's girl, and I don't may, maybe the rhubarb is his dick or something. I have no idea. <laughs> but what I don't understand really is when Batman or the Batmobile. Goes into Axis Chemicals, drops that little bomb and blows all the henchmen up. And then it pulls up out front and Batman's outside. And then he's lit up by the spotlight of the helicopter where Joker says over the megaphone, and I quote, from memory, into the air, Junior Birdman, missed me, ha ha ha, yeah, watch me. Is, is that, that what you're referring to?
0: Yes, which, when what you say it, it that way, is utter nonsense.
1: Why does he say that? <laughs> Who is the junior birdman? Is it the Batman? Is it him? So let's break it down. Into the air. That's got to be him. Why is he a junior birdman? <laughs> Missed me. Okay, I got it. Because he meant to destroy everyone in Axis Chemicals. Yeah, watch me. I don't know. It, it was very strange.
0: That is very strange. But it. But he literally says. I mean, I don't know about the junior part. I mean, I guess he's trying to um, diminish him. He's trying to minimize him. But he literally says Birdman, which could it have been the genesis for Oscar winning film Birdman also starring Michael Keaton?
1: As many times as I've seen, because you have to understand, I've lived with this mystery for 33 years. But the actual Birdman movie, which Michael Keaton starred in, didn't factor in whatsoever.
0: Like ever? Like until now? Nope.
1: In in that discussion? No, I never made that connection until now. <laughs> it's just too Batman for me. Michael Keaton is just too Batman.
0: Even after the advent of Birdman, he's still, I guess, he was kind of still Batman in Birdman.
1: I saw Birdman one time. It was more gimmicky. All the, the Iñárritu stuff with the single frame thing that doesn't really work. And he it, Birdman was like a Batman-esque character, but wasn't.
0: Mm-hmm probably couldn't be
1: I mean look Batman is a legendary stop in the uh, evolution of this character I think it 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 has its place the Michael Keaton Batman is still referred to fondly because it was a massive hit but Tim Burton doesn't love the movie he I think he's grown more fond of it over the years but he called it one of the worst periods of his entire life oh no Danny Elfman wasn't wasn't happy about the score uh, Michael Keaton himself dropped out. After Batman Returns, he was planned to come back, but once it got sillier and Tim Burton left, he wanted no part of it. But I do think that it's it has a special place in Michael Keaton's heart because the legend has it that when he's in the Marvel Universe now and he was the Vulture character in the new Spider-Man movie, he's fighting with Tom Holland's Spider-Man and, and, and Tom Holland says that during filming, during their battle scenes, Michael Keaton would be whispering, I'm Batman, in his ear. <laughs> <laughs> like to intimidate him
0: in that signature michael keaton i'm
1: batman oh man which i guess originated with him the the deep voice the changing his voice when he plays batman that's certainly something that adam west didn't do It's attributed to michael keaton
0: because the whole movie is about him concealing his identity and his inability to come out to vicki vale
1: But nobody knows who he is, (laughs) who Bruce Wayne is.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's true. I'm glad to hear that Michael Keaton has at least a fondness for this. I know it was hard on Jack Nicholson, which we should talk about. But I'm curious to know, how did Prince feel about Batman?
1: I don't know, man. It's weird. Not to say I didn't buy the soundtrack, because I did, because I was enamored with all things Batman-affiliated, but it is very weird. Some of the songs play well, but as a standalone entity, it's like Prince and Batman. This is so bizarre.
0: (laughs) I watched the Batman remix.
1: Bat-dance?
0: The Bat-dance! That video, <laughs> have you seen that video?
1: Yes, he plays oh, Prince man. in his like Batcave recording studio, but then he also plays a character called Gemini, which is the dual Batman slash Joker character. <laughs> Boy, talk and about dated.
0: And he's dancing around in his his half-Joker, half-Batman suit. And there's all of these Batgirl dancers, and they're in the fog. And then there's also a very strange female Batman, like in the full cowl and cape and all that, and the armor and stuff, doing this psychedelic dance in the fog. Well, it's bizarre. Prince has been
1: known to like chicks.
0: He was also tremendously talented, and I'm so, so glad I had a chance to see him in his last tour when he hit the Forum in LA
1: did he play any Batman songs
0: no he did not
1: but it was his it was a number 1 album it was a big thing just incongruous
0: i mean it's just an interesting choice and i'm guessing you know prince was also hyper relevant at this time so maybe it made a lot more sense in, a, in an 80s 90s context <laughs>
1: it was the my heart will go on of the 80s
0: <laughs>
1: yes for... it was just the embarrassing component
0: yeah i hear you on that so moving on down the line jack nicholson's fabled joker performance supposedly was had a really negative and long-lasting effect on him is that true
1: i don't i mean he did warn heath ledger about the trials of playing the joker but i mean how bad could it have been jack nicholson got top billing uh, his salary was reduced from ten million to six million dollars. Boo hoo! Because he got back end action of the box office take, and between the movie itself and merchandising, he got anywhere from sixty to ninety million dollars. What? For playing the Joker. He got a limited number of hours on set. He only did it for three weeks, which messed up scheduling a little bit. And he was allowed off to go to every Lakers home game as Jack Nicholson does. (laughs) How bad could it have been? As I'm very sorry. You were slightly inconvenienced for three weeks to make (laughs) between 60 and 90 million dollars.
0: Unbelievable. Wow. Jack Nicholson scored. Yep. Okay, so whatever psychological damage he may have sustained, he paid for with his 60 to $90 million?
1: Yeah, he, now he's just re- like retired or whatever and eating sandwiches on yachts and stuff. I mean, how bad is it to be Jack Nicholson? He was already dark and <laughs> twisty. You're telling me that Batman messed him up and he was just fine after The Shining? <laughs> Good point. Touche.
0: So uh, I, <laughs> I mean, he brings a decidedly dark but also maniacal and kind of ridiculous uh, take on the, not that there was any take to necessarily differentiate from like this was the first incarnation of Joker and it's very cartoony and it's a little over the top and it's since been grounded and, and, and the performances have become more gritty. But psychologically, I don't think this is any less gritty, even if it is comical.
1: I mean, obviously, there was the Batman TV show in which Cesar Romero played the Joker. And I think, sorry, there actually was a The Batman movie with Adam West. So maybe not the first, but the defining Joker for the new age.
0: Huge, huge success, financial success, like just overall. And they made back their budget, what, in the opening weekend?
1: Pretty close. 40 versus a $48 million budget, but ultimately went on to make $400 million in the <sighs> 80s worldwide
0: unbelievable and this and now this leads me to the batman craze and my personal experience with batman so i distinctly remember being bat crazy even though i think i don't even know if i had seen the movie i must have seen it i was nine years old when batman came out i remember going to target and i remember seeing the vhs cello wrapped in the opportunistic what's it called oh impulse buy lane at the The checkout
1: end cap thing yeah oh yeah okay
0: and I was like, "Oh, Batman!" And it was like this really cool minimal design. It just had the Batman logo, and uh, it was also twenty dollars, which you know, yep. in '89, it was pretty expensive. Uh, and I remember putting up a big stink about getting it, and like crying about wanting the. I think I maybe literally cried in order to get the in order to manipulate mom or dad to purchase the VHS. But why did I care so much about Batman?
1: I don't know, because I was influential and maybe I did. I couldn't drum up the tears, but maybe I used you. You were my Bob. You were the Bob to my Joker in the quest to secure the Batman VHS.
0: Oh, you mean my number one guy?
1: Yep. Bob is the man. That was Jack Nicholson's buddy.
0: Tracy Walter, Bob the goon. Why does, he so, why, do, why does he then dispatch with him so effortlessly and merrily at Be, the end?
1: Because he's maniacal.
0: You probably don't hand the Joker a gun after that, but, you know, <gasps> you, you, you stick to your job.
1: And you did. Thank you for securing us the Batman VHS by way of tears.
0: That sounds about right, and in character.
1: I was Batman crazy. No, it's not. I'm going to argue that of all the comic book characters, Superman included, Marvel was a big thing but wasn't really a big thing cinematically. Batman is maybe the coolest comic book hero of all time.
0: So if you were Batman crazy, were you also Kim Basinger crazy?
1: I mean, obviously, Kim Basinger is a lovely lady, but uh, wasn't my thing in seventh grade. Was I obsessed? No. I thought she was fine, a little bit shrill. I I do think she played this one particularly sexy. I mean, you look at Margot Kidder in Superman, and that wasn't like a sexualized character. But Vicki Vale was very much the photographer, femme fatale type. Just screamy. So we talked about the Batman and how... Even as a 45-year-old, I simply tuned out a lot of the politics because I wanted to see the cool Batman. And I inadvertently did that as a kid for this Batman because there was definite corruption and crime boss Carl Grissom and how he had infiltrated the highest levels of Gotham's government. So these gangsters were trying to take over his operations. But because I was so young, I didn't understand a lot of what was happening in Batman the first time around. I think this was actually the most adult superhero movie I mean, Superman flew around with like the president and stuff, but there was a lot going on that I didn't quite understand. And I think the dynamic between the Joker and Vicky and Batman was part of that.
0: And and was also all kind of lost on you, it sounds. Yeah. Well, I think that Michael Keaton and Vicky Vale have nice chemistry and Michael Keaton does this kind of charming thing where he looks, Michael Keaton always looks like he's working something out. And he is mildly distracted because when you see him looking at Kim Basinger, he's working out how he's completely falling in love with her while trying to carry on like a normal, like introductory conversation. I feel like Michael, that's like Michael Keaton's signature thing. It's like Hugh Grant being perpetually confused. It's like Michael Keaton's always got multiple things where he's working out in his mind.
1: Look, the reason Michael Keaton makes a good Batman is the same reason that Jack Nicholson makes a good Joker. Michael Keaton, I think, is kind of nuts. Like when he does that that thing with the poker, let's get nuts, right? He's. <laughs> I think Michael Keaton is actually a crazy person. And I think he's pretty coarse and... and He's like coarse ground coffee and he needs the sanity filter where he can kind of make that into a gentlemanly Bruce Wayne type character uh, when he's not Batman or whatever. And so I think that look on his face is like the coffee filter straining process. (laughs) He's just trying to dial it in and, and refine it a little bit into thoughts that are manageable that you can deliver to a lady and not scare her away.
0: I mean, isn't that kind of life? It's like we're always trying to socially adapt our psychosis to like be socially acceptable. Like,
1: to I be... mean, me, I, I don't know about you. It's gratifying, I guess, or encouraging to hear that it's not just me.
0: Well, I mean, yeah, I think that's the whole point of um, our upbringing is all about socialization and bringing these impulses under control so that we can function within a society.
1: Yeah. I mean, we deal with it in different ways. I'm probably more, (laughs) more, I don't know. I'm probably more Batman than Joker because he's all like secretive. When you process your trauma or whatever, you go mad, but he's definitely the introvert of the two.
0: (laughs) Well, how do you explain all the cape flapping?
1: I mean, Batman has a cape. Marvel has changed stuff up enough so that it doesn't look the same. Even Batman doesn't look the same as the Adam West or the comics version with his little darker colored underpants and stuff. <laughs> to try to make him more imposing and scary, so they did away with the spandex and did that rubber leather kind of combo.
0: Yeah, which I think was really uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, no, That this was... Every subsequent movie has addressed how... They've changed the costume. Lucius Fox wanted to make sure that Christian Bale's Batman could turn his head and stuff. Because, boy, Michael Keaton, there are like super cuts on YouTube of all the uncomfortable, awkward movements where he has to turn his whole body. He can't turn his head at all. He has to, like, lean all the way back like he's looking out the window at, at, at the roof. In order to look up the bell tower.
0: Oh man, and to do whole fight scenes like that. Yep. But he's perpetually like falling into scenes, you know, floating into scenes with like the cape, you know, arms and cape yeah. outstretched. And whenever that's how he,
1: Batman do.
0: Whenever he turns, I guess he has to do the whole body turn, but he also does the cape flutter, I guess, for dramatic yep. effect.
1: Multiple capes for the way they hang, they needed to fly so they were like silken when he would run and stuff.
0: Oh, they had to change out the capes according to the application?
1: Yep. So they made a mistake there because the new Batman, like it looks more and more silly in a utilitarian superhero age. Right. That he would have all the all this the suit and everything, but still have the cape for some reason. And so they should have done away with it for as long as they were going to change the outfit all up. Hey, let's lose the cape. But it's like the whole Batwing thing in order to have, you know,
0: I think you need the cape. We already gave. The Batman from 2022 a pretty hard time about Robert Pattinson kind of standing around in the detective scenes looking a little silly. I think you really need the cape because the most awkward part would be the bat butt.
1: Can, <laughs> the bat butt, which was played up in one of the Schumacher ones.
0: You just can't see the bat butt. Well, how was it played up?
1: They did a thing where he they were suiting up and putting on the belt and putting on the outfit, and then wham, they did turn around, check the butt shot in the mirror. With who? The bat butt and the bat. It was George Clooney's Batman. They showed the bat butt and the bat girl butt and stuff. No. Yep. And that was the bat suit with nipples. Ooh. But yeah, so the cape works specifically in the case of Batman.
0: Yeah. I think it's a necessary part.
1: All right. you ready to talk about the Batmobile?
0: You hide behind this concept that the Batmobile is just cool. But you know it's just like the bat phallus, right?
1: Sure. I mean, this one was in particular. (laughs) It was also the coolest Batmobile (laughs) with the flames and stuff and it's all growling and it's little Honda Civic headlights and stuff. This Batmobile was the coolest car. I mean, it's not the. it's like it's the least practical of my favorite cars. You know, that damn thing, 20 feet long. What? But when it probably takes a while to get up to speed, and it has the bombs and that awkward CG shell thing shield. But when that thing gets going, man, it's terrifying. Da 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 da, and it's got like a turbine in the front and jet thruster thing in the back. Sweet.
0: I liked the shields and his little kit type remote system where he's like, stop. Yep. He's just showing off to Vicky Vale when he causes it to stop like one inch from him.
1: Yeah, with his giant twenty foot phallus.
0: Batman's got all the parts, no pun intended, although the segue. You know, Batman 80, 1989 lays a lot of foundation for all of the Batman to follow, maybe for the benefit of the listeners. Tell us what happens after Batman 1989.
1: Batman Returns, also directed by Tim Burton. Mm-hmm. And that was when Tim Burton sabotaged himself because he was all bitter about the Batman universe. mm and they were like, it's going to be like 1989 and the merchandising is going to be through the roof. Let's do it. And he was like, okay. And he made like a dirty, disgusting, like the penguin. Danny DeVito's penguin is like one of the most horrific villains in uh, in popular cinema. And he was like in Happy Meal toys and stuff.
0: And it was Danny DeVito and Michelle Pfeiffer.
1: Yeah, who apparently Michael Keaton was dating at the time of Batman. I don't know about Batman Returns, but maybe they were broken up. But I think she does lick his face in that one, too.
0: And then after Batman, Batman Forever.
1: That was the Val Kilmer one.
0: Batman and Robin.
1: That was the George Clooney one.
0: Batman Begins.
1: Yes, Christian Bale.
0: And we talked about the Ben Affleck's and the... And it's all culminated with Robert Pattinson's The Batman, for which our discussion is available at orwhatevermovies.com. So, Wes, the Oreo cream of your... Is that what you called it? The cream in your Oreo sandwich of seminal movie-going experiences?
1: It wasn't quite as influential or sturdy, if you will, as enduring as Back to the Future and T2. But it was a sweet little in-between that I loved as a kid and was obsessed with Batman, as I'm sure many, many kids are.
0: What's it like for you to revisit it today? And what is your ultimate rating today? And, And if it differs from what you would have given it in 1989?
1: I've seen this movie so many times that it's almost boring to watch. Like just too many times. I know the words, but I but with the benefit of high uh, def streaming and subtitles and stuff, I did learn you know a couple of new things. Oh, that's what he said, and that's when I took particular notice. I, I made sure to turn on the subtitles for the "Into the Air, Junior Birdman" quote, <laughs> and. Uh, and, and and he seems just a touch anti, I mean, he's antisocial for sure, but he also seems, the movie maybe seems just a touch misogynistic. I mean, he like, he's like, you have something else that I want. And she's like, what? And he's like, cape. And like, does he drug her? Do they bone? Like, what is, she wakes up on her bed and grabs her boob and he had to like go into her boob to find the film and stuff. Was he innocent Batman? Um, and he's like, "I like you, girl. You're a really nice girl. I like you a lot." But right now, shut up. And he's like, <laughs> kind of messes with her a little bit, turns her way. Like, oh, she's like, all oh, like, "Are we gonna try to love each other?" And he's like, "I'd like to, but he's out there, and I have to go to work." Yeah, going to be on the on the Prince album. Well,
0: he's a little misogynistic, and Vicky Vale, you know, in her part, is also a little boundaryless in that way. In that regard, she gets all tipsy, and she's like, "I love you," and then. She's like all yep. long suffering and like, are we gonna love each other?
1: Yeah, but he was, when she was like all blasted and stuff and they did it, he wasn't drunk at all. He nope. was all like laser focused and hanging upside down. I'm just saying it was a little bit weird, but all of that was lost on my little like 12 year old mind. And so I was just like, Batman, kind of like this time, the last one. I was like, Batman. And when it wasn't Batman, when it was about like the Senator and Peter Sarsgaard and stuff, I was like, Meh, I just want Batman.
0: That's what you did, too, right? You were like, "Mm hmm. Okay, so totally?
1: It seems strange, and part of the, the, you know, in doing the research and realizing in the rewatch that it is a little bit weird in parts, that it's kind of confounding and maybe just a touch misogynistic. I ordinary, like my rational adult brain would be like, was Batman tremendous? But it was so tremendous and a part of my childhood, such a massive success so that it's very gratifying as a kid where you're like, I love Batman. And everyone's like, we also love Batman to the tune of $400 million, like a worldwide phenomenon smash. Um, It was a totally and it is still a totally for me for comic book movies. It's maybe my favorite comic book. Is that, can I say that? Are we there yet? Is it, is it my favorite comic book movie? I think it is.
0: Which is crazy to think, considering the advent of the modern day comic book movie.
1: And it's one that I strangely find myself going back to again and again. I'll watch parts of Batman anytime. And is there any stronger indication that a movie should be totally, that you'll willingly revisit with the wealth of streaming uh, movies immediately at hand?
0: Yep, which, you know, made made much easier by virtue of being available, Batman 1989, on HBO Max. Right there in the recommended titles, once you've seen The Batman from 2022, which is what led me to Batman. I was sick in bed with a stomach bug. I watched The Batman and then immediately rolled on to Batman.
1: Because it's so good to watch.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that. I mean... I mean, it was fun. You're not
1: going to give it a boring.
0: No, no, I'm definitely not. I'm giving Batman a good. But I'm also saying there's probably a reason why I haven't seen this for 30 years. (laughs) Really? It was like seeing it again for the first time.
1: All in my head. We could have done trivia. I expected you to come at me with trivia, and I was all prepared because I know this movie almost by heart. Almost, because some of it bounced right off my little brain.
0: <laughs> well, to compensate for the lack of trivia, let's close out this episode with your favorite quote from Batman.
1: My favorite quote?
0: With accent, please.
1: It's just, I, I like the beginning. I like the opening. And I like how that the tough, strung out junkies who robbed that couple. It was like the bat. Oh, man. You know, it's like other the guy's like trying to convince him and he's all scared. Shut up. There ain't no bat. And then Batman (laughs) drops out of the night and lands on them and kicks the dude through the chest and, like, pulls the other dude and holds him over the thing. And he's like, and that dude turns into, like, the cowardly lion. And he's like, don't kill me, man. Don't kill me. What are you? And it's like I'm Batman, and I don't know, man. The <laughs> fact that that dude is so thoroughly terrified and goes from being the tough crime dude to whimpering in Batman's arms.
0: And then your thirteen, your your little thirteen-year-old brain exploded.
1: Right, and he like does the thing where he flaps the cape and is all huge and silhouette and stuff, and I'm <laughs> like, whoa! And I wanted to fashion a batarang out of Tupperware and stuff. Yeah. <laughs>
0: That's our review on Batman. We've covered a lot of seminal favorites in the past few episodes between Batman, Titanic, Terminator 2. Check out those episodes amongst many more at orwhatevermovies.com or wherever you get podcasts, if you enjoyed this discussion on Batman from 1989, if there was something that you related to about your Batman experience, please subscribe to our podcast. Please follow us on Instagram. Please support us on Patreon or whatevermovies.com. We hope you've enjoyed it. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.